1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: The final Carlin vs. Joe of 2023. I'm Gabe Nutz along with Jordan Ronan here on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM at channel 80. Of course, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance.
3: How's that all gas, no brakes working for Robert Sala and that from uh, <laughs> an intro there? huh? Uh, no good. Hasn't been not working. Good. Hasn't been
2: working. Uh his buddy Matt LaFleur, all gas, no brakes. Has worked for the offense, not so much for the defense. Um, you know, they've they've needed to maybe apply some breaks to opposing offenses. Hasn't worked out <laughs> for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you can join our conversation, Dr. Pepper, call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And our question of the day, something we've been asking all day long, is who is the most disappointing team or athlete of 2023? And you can join that conversation. Give us a call there. Again, 888-729-3776. But it also got us thinking, Jordan, about who has been the most disappointing division in the NFL this year? Because we've gotten a mm-hmm. couple of calls about that. And there are some candidates that are out there. But who would you say is the most disappointing division in the NFL this year?
3: I actually think I am um, I was convinced before that it's the AFC West. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. In that we, we, we didn't think the AFC South was going to be that good now. Jacksonville is a little worse than we thought but whatever okay that nobody's great in that division and the uh NFC South we know is bad but we kind of expected that even though we expected New Orleans to be good but the AFC West we thought the Chargers were, were going to be a good team Yes, they're five and the ten they're, they're they're a disaster the Chiefs we figured would be their usual Chiefs team they're not they've been a disappointment they're nine and six. Raiders, Denver, probably about where you know maybe we expected we maybe we thought the the Raiders could be pretty good with Jimmy G, they could be uh, win some games and potentially make the playoffs, and they haven't even you know they had to fire their coach and they're starting Aiden O'Connell, they're seven and eight, which isn't terrible, but like no. I I think the the AFC West is up there, and I know this is sneaky, but the AFC East, the only reason yes. I won't put them is because the Dolphins have been good. But the Bills have been worse than expected. The Jets, way worse than expected. And the Patriots, we didn't expect them to be very good either, but they're way worse than expected still. So that was the other one that came up in my line of thinking.
2: Yeah, I think, what are you I, I think the AFC East deserves a little bit of conversation. Now, given all the things you just laid out with the AFC West, I think it is the runaway winner, because just about every team you can make a case has been disappointing. The Chiefs haven't lived up to expectations, although the expectations for the Chiefs over the last five years is be the number 1 seed in the AFC. Right. Host they every have a high, high bar. Like it's for it's sure. such a high mark. So they, they came down. I think we're maybe being a little too hard on the Chiefs over the last couple of weeks, but... I mean the Raiders, the, the Broncos. I mean, maybe the only team that surpassed expectation are the Raiders, because Antonio Pierce has done such a good job, but they had to bottom out and bench their quarterback. But that was a recalibration of expectations.
3: Yes, this, correct. Like they had Devontae Adams, they had Jimmy oh, Garoppolo, yeah. they have Max Crosby, like they have good players. It wasn't if if you told us we were around five hundred going into the year, I mean that's probably what you expected.
2: But I think with the AFC East like, this division still has the opportunity, I think, to be very disappointing because it, is, it was expected to be one of the best in football. And they're still going to have, I think, two playoff teams. However, it shakes out between the Dolphins and Bills, I think they're both going to be in the playoffs. Whoever ends up winning that division, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But both of those teams, I think, could potentially flame out. Like, the, the ceiling and the floor for both those teams in the playoffs is wild. Like, if the Dolphins bottomed out and lost their first playoff game, I don't think you can say that that that's surprising, given the way they've struggled this year against teams with winning records.
3: Well, and the, the problem Bills, is they could also play the Bills in the first round.
2: That, that's also part of the problem, because the Bills have obviously shown their flaws as well in the way they turn the football over. But Josh Allen, like if the Bills got bounced in the first round, it's not that surprising. If the Bills are playing in the AFC Championship game, it's not that surprising, because that's how good Josh Allen is. But there's still potential for the AFC East. I think for them to get bounced out, and you're at the you know we go into the divisional round of, huh? Maybe the AFC East wasn't as good as we thought at the beginning of the year.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, we could easily see them being bounced because at least I don't know about if Miami finishes with the two seed, they're not getting bounced by like the Indianapolis, Houston, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati group, right? Yeah, they're just not. Especially with their, the Dolphins are playing at home. But, I mean, there's it's a good chance to set up as the, the Chiefs against the Bills in the first round. So the Bills getting bounces definitely a possibility there. Um, to me, what contributes to the AFC East to be disappointing is more the bottom. Is The Jets have been a disaster compared oh, to what yes. we expected. Obviously, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers' injury a huge part of that. And the Patriots, yes, we did not expect the Patriots to be good. You didn't expect them to average... 14 points per game no, and have the worst offense in the entire NFL. They're basically unwatchable every week. They're, they're, if, they're like unwatchable. They have four wins. If they're one of the pre- worst teams
2: in the league. If you predicted at the beginning of the year of, oh, maybe this Patriots team could sneak in, be that seven seed. I don't think that would have been that crazy. Because of how good Mac Jones was as a rookie, and then they finally decided to get an offensive coordinator again after bypassing that position a year ago. And you're, okay, now you can resume the uh, progression of Mac Jones, and that whole experiment has just fallen flat on its face. And it's gotten so bad in New England, now we're expecting Bill Belichick and the Patriots to announce in two weeks that they're going to mutually part ways. Yeah, like That's how bad it's gotten.
3: They're one of the worst teams in the league, and Bill Belichick's likely gone after the season. That's where we're at with the New England Patriots. So the, yeah, they've been a huge disappointment this year. Probably, when, pro probably the biggest disappointment in the division, if you ask me. Because unless, of course, you consider—I mean, you knew that the Jets would stink because Aaron Rod- if Aaron Rodgers wasn't there. Like we knew if the Aaron Rodgers-, Rodgers wasn't there, there was a good possibility the Jets wouldn't be good. Yes.
2: That's correct. Um, When you phrase it with most disappointing, I think that eliminates the NFC South. I think the South could very well be the worst division in football. But your expectation level. Yeah, the expectation level of the South was, yeah, maybe... I mean, I know you were very high on the Saints, but... I, I and, and while I thought they were going to be the winner of that division because we had zero expectations for the Buccaneers, zero expectations as well for the Carolina Panthers, and zero expectations heading into the season for the Atlanta Falcons. Bucks have been actually still,
3: been one of the biggest surprises, by the way. Yes.
2: Oh yeah. Like to the point, and Baker Mayfield's been playing so well to the point where they're going, ooh, maybe we want to keep Baker around and be yeah. the quarterback leading us going forward.
3: Yeah, we thought pretty much at least I did that the. They were just going to plummet. They thought it was going to be a bad team. Uh, like 6-11 type style team, and now they have a good chance to win the division and finish with the winning record. So kudos to Todd Bowles there. Done a pretty good job this year. Doesn't get a lot of credit.
2: 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. So we're talking about the most disappointing division in the NFL this year. But other than that, who was the most disappointing team or athlete in all of 2023? Let's go out to Max in St. Louis. Max, you're on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe with Gabe Nigel, Jordan Ronan.
4: Hey, guys. Happy holidays. My answer is basically the same. Uh, NFC North, simply because Justin Fields has been so bad, I remember the first game of the year before kickoff, they showed him on the bench just sitting there shaking his head no. And I was like, why is he shaking
5: his head? And now we all know why.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Justin Fields is an interesting one to me because I think a lot of people were expecting that big step forward for him. You know, they go out as part of the trade of trading the number one overall pick to the Panthers this year. They, they get DJ more. They get him a little bit more help. They had all that cap space for Chicago. And it's been there in spurts, but it hasn't been there consistently for Justin Fields.
3: Yeah, uh, look, that's the thing. The expectation level was very high on Justin Fields. That's why, you know, you've heard some people before the season say Justin Fields is going to be an MVP candidate. Right? People on our, who, on our air. Yeah. Who said Justin Fields is going to be an MVP candidate. He's that good. He says this is the breakout year. Guess what? It's not the breakout year. We're still stuck in the same spot we were three years ago with Justin Fields being like he could do some things, but he's still a flawed player. We don't know, and trust me, I've been there for the last. This is now five years with Daniel Jones. It's not a good spot for a team to be. It's not. You know, and you don't. You don't want to be in the spot where you're like blaming everything else around the quarterback and be like we don't know what the quarterback is because we're going to blame everything else around the quarterback. Usually means the quarterback is just not that not good enough.
2: Is the biggest fear if you're a bears fan trading Justin Fields and having him develop and be something good away from your franchise?
3: I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think that's the biggest fear, because that to me is playing scared. and that, that if you wanna, if teams operate that way, I always think that's the wrong way to operate and worry about that. You can't worry about what the fan perception or the, is and that. You're, the, the reason you have to do the Justin Fields thing is because there's still questions. Right, yes. and by, just, and by just by Justin Fields I mean moving on you, there's still questions you don't know 100% for sure that he's the guy and he's the guy who could lead you to a Super Bowl and he's a star but you now draft a new guy because you're in a spot to do it you're in a prime spot to do it and you get to reset the clock that's why you do it now you have four years of a cheap quarterback and with a hope basically a guy who's starting at the same spot as Fields where you're like he's super talented we hope he could be that guy
2: I think you just have to hit the reset button. I understand some of the field stuff is very tantalizing, but you're going to have, to me, the most success in the NFL when everybody is aligned. And Justin Fields wasn't the choice of this coach or general manager in Chicago. It was the previous regime's choice. And if you end up having the number one overall pick, I think you end up using that on a quarterback. And you've got to make sure everybody's aligned. The general manager, the head coach, the quarterback, all under the same regime. I think that's why for the Bears, it's probably time to move on, even though I think he does have a good chance of potentially developing elsewhere. Our question of the day here on Carlin versus Joe, Triple Eight. Say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six who is the most disappointing team or athlete in 2023? We can get to your calls next. Plus, will Brock Purdy cost San Francisco a Super Bowl? We'll play a little NFL, true or false. That's all coming up next here on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN radio, ESPN app, Series 6M, channel 80. Hit us up on the smart speaker as well. All you have to do is say play ESPN radio. Gabe, Nigel, Jordan, Ronan in for the guys today. Join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call in line. 888 say ESPN 888 729 3776. Our question of the day the most disappointing team or athletes in 2023? Let's go ahead and take a couple of these calls. Get out to Solomon in LA. Solomon. You're on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
7: Hey, thanks, guys, and happy holidays. Um, Look, long-time suffering Chargers fan. Every year we already know these guys are going to be disappointing. And just, you know, uh, unbelievable how the talent that they have. Most prognosticators beginning of the season, they're going to at least make the playoffs. In fact, they may compete for an AFC championship. Who knows? Maybe even the Super Bowl. But this season... This was an embarrassing collapse. I've never seen anything like this as a Charger fan, and it was disgusting. And you would think Brandon Staley was going to get a little better each season, and and he went completely down the shoots. So it, it's got to be the Chargers for me, and, uh, you know, I'm shaking my head, and maybe maybe ownership will finally shake things up and do something dramatic to hire Harbaugh, and, and let's see where we can go forward. Because they always, every season, have too much talent to end up being this bad.
2: Yeah, the smart ones took the playoff collapse last year as a warning sign. The dumb ones like myself still yeah, looked at yeah. the Chargers and Me went too. Yeah, I mean, but they have they have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Justin Herbert is thrilling to watch. He's so good. They've got weapons on the outside. What else could you need? They've got Bosa, they've got Mack, they've got all these guys. They'll figure it out and yeah, uh, they they quit on their coach on national television on a Thursday night game against the Raiders, which was fascinating to watch them give up sixty three points.
3: Yeah, well, they don't they didn't have depth. That's the thing, and and so once they started getting injured, just kept getting worse, worse, worse until just totally splintered, and now you have a fair choice for the most disappointing team, or team or athlete this year. I mean, that was your choice. I think I think yes. it's it's right up there near the top at the very least.
2: Who is that most disappointing team or athlete? Join the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's go out to Cody in Missouri. Cody, you're up next on ESPN Radio.
5: Man, I hate to throw some sand in a brother's eye, but like, how can you be disappointing if you're a Chargers fan? Like The Chargers are going to charge her. Like, it's, it's a meme at this point, guys, for a reason. But let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a Chiefs fan. I love the Chiefs. I don't know what they're doing this year. They look all out of sorts. There's no rhythm. They're losing games they should have been beating people by a mile with. And you know what? It's not, there's no obvious fixes here. Like, I'm sorry, like, yeah, the receivers are dropping balls and there's lots of penalties. But at the same time, that's not going to get better overnight. That's a flaw from top to bottom. And you know what? Mahomes, he doesn't get off free either. He's been skying some balls. He's been throwing balls 10, 20 yards ahead of people that he could have hit them in stride a couple years ago. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going on. And then you throw on top of that you got Rashid Rice looking out there like Derrick Henry light. Feed him the ball. Just run the ball. You've got a great defense, you've got a great running game. Just run the ball. Like it's systemic failures from head from the top to the bottom with the Chiefs this year and they're about to get embarrassed in a couple of weeks in the playoffs when someone comes in the Arrowhead and claps them. Love you guys. Mm. Have a good holiday.
2: Yeah. Appreciate it. Um I I guess I just think that the Chiefs are going to figure it out in the playoffs and are they going to win the Super Bowl? No. Are they going to make the AFC Championship game? Maybe. Have they been disappointing this year? Yes, but also they haven't yeah. had a playoff game on the road in 5 years. It was going to be hard for them not to be a little disappointing.
3: I'm going to say they're disappointing and I understand. I also don't think agree with you that they're going to put it together. I just it's just not going to happen this year. This team is headed in the wrong direction a little bit. Uh, Their offensive line isn't as good. Mahomes isn't playing as good. Kelsey's getting older. Like, you put all these things together. They have no wide receivers. We know that, obviously. Put all those things together, and you see a team that's kind of heading in the wrong direction now. They'll write it because they have Patrick Mahomes, and they'll eventually be fine going forward. And they're disappointing this year, just when we're talking about the biggest disappointments. Like, it's kind of like the Jalen Hurts argument that we made before. Yeah, Jalen Hurts has been disappointing that he hasn't played as well as last year. But on the scale of the biggest disappointments of the year— like, you you can't you, – when you're 9-6 and six or 11-4 and five, or four, like the Eagles are, you just – you can't qualify for me. You know, like, yeah, you're there, but you're, like, at the bottom of the list.
2: Yeah, I'm 100% there with you. You know what? Let's go ahead and keep talking a little bit about the NFL and what's going on as we get ready for that postseason just a couple of weeks away. Let's bring in our producer, Shannon Penn. He's got some questions for us in a little NFL, true or false. All right, first up, Gabe, I will start with you. Joe Flacco and the Browns are a legit Super Bowl contender. True or false? I got Flacco fever. I had to take my temperature. I wasn't sure if I was going to get cleared to come in and do the show today because I got Flacco fever. The Browns are a Super Bowl contender with Joe Flacco because you look at the AFC after the Ravens. I think it's kind of everybody grouped together, some teams that have some flaws. Yes, the Browns have some flaws. So does everybody else in the AFC. I think Joe Flacco and the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. That is true.
3: False. They're behind the Dolphins. Oh, forget the Ravens. The Ravens, Dolphins, Chiefs, and Bills on regards to chances of winning the Super Bowl. My, my, my personal power rankings.
8: I will right, we'll stick with Super Bowl Jordan. I'll start with you. The Eagles are not a Super Bowl team this year. True or false?
3: I think that's true. There's just something that's a little off with this team this year. After that game the other day, right? They played the Giants. When you have guys, first of all, they won, by the way, on Christmas, and you have guys ticked off, not wanting to talk, saying things are wrong with our offense. They're arguing on the sideline. That's something something's off if that's happening. So no. They're not a Super Bowl team this year. They're still good. They still could be in the NFC Championship game. I just don't see them beating the 49ers this year.
2: Yeah, they're going to have to kind of get it together, and there are going to be some good teams they're going to have to face along the way. I don't see them being able to keep it together as well. I'm with you. This is a true statement to me. Eagles, not a Super Bowl team in 2023.
8: All right, uh, Gabe, the San Francisco 49ers and Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy will cost the Niners a Super Bowl true
2: or false. I'm going to say false. I know he threw four picks. I mean, one of them was a really bad decision, the pick he threw in the end zone. Others were caused by pressure and the Ravens did make, give him some happy feet, make him make some of those bad decisions that he had. I don't see a team in the NFC that's really going to be able to replicate the blueprint that the Ravens put out there for the rest of the league. I I think Brock Purdy's really good. I think he had a bad game. I don't think he's the league MVP. I think he kind of falls somewhere in between because everybody either thinks this guy's a game manager, he kind of stinks, but everybody else is good, or they think he's the league MVP. He's a little bit below that. He's still a really good quarterback who could push the ball down the field for San Francisco, but he is not going to be the reason that San Francisco does not win the Super Bowl this year.
3: Yeah, false. There's very little evidence out there so far that says Brock Purdy is going to cost this team. All he's done so far is put out good tape and played well, except for that one game. We're going to take a one-game sample against the you know the Ravens and the one of the top defenses in the league, and you you can't just chalk it up to he had a bad game. No, there's not enough out there for me to want to dump on the guy and say he's the reason they're not going to win a Super Bowl at this point.
8: All right, big Monday Night Football matchup tomorrow: Lions and Cowboys. Gabe. The Cowboys are more likely than the Lions to be one and done in the playoffs. True
2: or false? Oh, that's true. The Lions are going to be playing at home. The Cowboys stink on the road. Now, I understand they'd have to, you know, they're going on the road, but and playing the NFC South winner. But that NFC South winner is likely to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have been playing pretty good as of late. I can't figure out why the Cowboys are so bad on the road this year, but their home road splits are ridiculous. They only average about 20 points, 21 points per game on the road. Probably going to need a little bit more than that to beat a red-hot Buccaneers and can't believe I'm saying this, Baker Mayfield. So I would say the Cowboys are more likely than the Lions to be one and done in the playoffs. That's a true statement to me.
3: And false. The Cowboys are likely going to play the Bucks. The Lions are likely going to play the Rams and Matthew Stafford. Who do you have, think has a better chance to win? It's obviously the Rams. The Rams are dangerous. Week Martindale said yesterday, Matthew Stafford should be up for the MVP. That's how well he's played this year. Should be him and Lamar Jackson for the award. That is a dangerous, dangerous game for the Detroit Lions.
2: It is a really dangerous game for the Lions. Um, and man, can you... I would just feel for the for the for i just for the Lions fans. you, you well, wrong no, took, but can you took imagine? 15 seconds 15 no, seconds No I'm still right but can you no, imagine you're you're being wrong. a Lions fan you haven't had a playoff <laughs> game ever at Ford Field and then the guy that you traded away in Matthew Stafford's the one who comes in and
3: beats you Oof. That would be such a slap in the face.
2: It's tough for Lions fans. Coming hey, up that's next, Lions. That's their life, man. That that, life that is, is a Lions life. fan, baby. That's probably why they can't even fully believe in this team, even though they're a fun team to watch and fun team to pay attention to in the NFL this year. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And coming up next, ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich jumps on to help us preview the college football playoff semifinals coming up on New Year's Day. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
6: Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
4: How about them Huskies, man? 13-0. Washington offense is explosive. Panics. Closer it to the end. He doesn't, he doesn't miss. Watching the look on Michael Bennett's face when Jaden Daniels was announced the Heisman Trophy winner, he's going to be playing for something.
5: Very explosive offense when it comes to the Texas Longhorns. Making the college football playoff this year has proven that we are back. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers shines in big games.
1: Ewers gets it back, throws, end zone, touchdown Texas.
5: Fireworks, the Sugar Bowl should deliver.
2: ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in today. AutoZone Liberty Bowl followed by the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Covers beginning right after us, 3 p.m. Eastern, here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It's Carlin versus Joe. I'm Gabe Nudge along with Jordan Renan filling in for the guys today. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. There are some ball games between now and New Year's Day, but the biggest ones of the season are on New Year's Day. College football playoff semifinals. To help us break those down, we welcome in ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich. Trevor, we certainly appreciate the time. Hope you've been having a great holiday. But... Bo- Looking forward to these games on New Year's Day, which Alabama team do you think is going to show up versus Michigan? The Tide team that looked so good and upset Georgia or the one that barely squeaked by
9: Auburn in the Iron Bowl? Gabe, I think it'll be the the angry Alabama team. It'll be the Alabama team that is ready to fully blossom. This is a team that uncharacteristically struggled in so many ways early in the season, and they hated it. They hated it because they're accustomed to – asserting their will they're accustomed to being the team that makes the other side question their ability the other side question their manhood and now they can pay the whole thing off with the turnaround because alabama right now is playing like a national champion they still have flaws but i think that michigan is going to have the biggest fight that they've had in the last three years on their hands trevor
3: this is jordan ron on a happy holidays and new year When we look at Alabama, we're always used to Nick Saban and Alabama being this big juggernaut. You know, the more talented team. How do you view this one with the talent disparity between the two when you look at Alabama and Michigan?
9: Jordan, I think there's a lot of similarities here. Both rushing offenses are not what they have been in the past. And both have good receivers. Both have solid defenses. I think the biggest difference in this game is going to be quarterback Jalen Milrow. Uh, He is built like a big running back. He's got speed of a wide receiver. And as he proved all year, he can throw the ball deep down the field as well as anybody in the nation. I think that both sides will need the quarterbacks to get involved in the running game in order to move the ball consistently on the ground. And they'll need to because you don't want to be one-dimensional against the kind of defenses that the opponents will put on the field. So I think the quarterbacks are going to have to be the ones to do it because neither side will bully the other's defense. I mean, you look at Michigan, for example. Michigan's rushing offense last year was third in the nation in yards per attempt. This year, they're 73rd. And so I think that Milroe has the edge in a quarterback duel of running quarterbacks, which is what it's really going to come down to, I think, over J.J. McCarthy of Michigan.
2: Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Gabe Neitzel, Jordan Ronan, filling in for the guys today, talking with Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football analyst. And maybe my perception is off on this, so I'm curious if you agree, but it seems like Washington, despite being undefeated all season long, was almost overlooked. Even when they beat Oregon, everyone thought, oh, well, Oregon will just beat them. They're the better team. They'll beat them in the Pac-12 championship game. Why has that team, despite being undefeated, despite being the champion out of the Pac-12, Why have they been overlooked a lot this season?
9: You know, I think that it's their struggles that people have focused on more than the struggles of, say, Alabama, who needed an absolute miracle to beat Auburn at the end, right? And Texas who, you know, lost to their rival Oklahoma. I think that Washington didn't score an offensive touchdown against Arizona State. Not one. Their defense scored a touchdown. They got some field goals and won that game. Arizona, which we found out is a very good team, was able to slow down the Washington offense. The Stanford offense scored a bunch of points and moved the ball very well against the Washington defense. I think people are focused on that. I think they're also focused on the the idea that Michael Penix Jr. is, again, among the best passers. In the nation, if not the best passer in the nation, but unique among the four quarterbacks in the playoff, he's not a runner at all. I mean, at all. He's got negative rushing yards for the season, even though he's only been sacked uh, 10 times. And so he does all of his work with his arm. And so his opponent, in this case Texas, is going to have an advantage of a quarterback who can do more on the ground when things break down and who can threaten the defense more with quarterback runs that the defense will have to account for more than Penix will do. And especially when you look at Penix's injury history, they don't want to expose him to those kinds of hits. And I think when you look at that, you can find excuses to say that Washington is the fourth of the four teams here, even though they weren't ranked fourth. But I don't know that that's true because Washington at their best is the very best of these four and whether at their best is that downfield passing game with Michael Penix protected by an offensive line who won the Joe Moore award as the top offensive line in the nation.
3: So how does Texas then slow down that Washington passing game? What's the key there?
9: Well, the way Arizona state did it was to show blitz and sometimes blitz and sometimes not. They gave Penix a whole bunch of different looks, and they got inside his head to a degree. Texas could do the same thing. But even though Washington's O-line was named the best in the nation, they've not faced anything like what Texas's defensive front will bring. You know, we talk a lot about Tavondre Sweat, the Texas defensive tackle, 362 pounds, Byron Murphy, who plays next to him and benefits from Sweat being double teamed all the time. You know, th- this team up front is the best run stuffing unit in the big 12 and it's the best sacking unit in the big 12 and as good as dylan johnson the running back for washington has been this year i think that texas will be able to slow down that run enough to get washington into passing situations and if you're one-dimensional that's a good dimension to have if you're washington but at the same time the key to stopping a drop back passer just ask tom brady is to push the interior offensive line back into his lap And nobody that Washington has faced can do that as well as Texas can do. That enables all kinds of other pass rushers to cause trouble. And 12 different Longhorns have at least one sack this year. And it's partly because those interior guys are pushing the pocket.
2: Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Analyst, joining us here on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Gabe Nigel, Jordan Renan filling in for the guys. Before we let you go, Trevor, I have to ask you this. In the history of college football... Has there been a more fun mascot than the
9: edible Pop-Tart mascot? Oh, no. Because that that thing was awesome last night. That is (laughs) spectacular. And then the things they did with it, the trophy has a football that's a toaster with (laughs) Pop-Tarts coming out of it. And then at the end... There was an enormous Pop-Tart that came out of an oven kind of thing, and I thought it was just a Styrofoam Pop-Tart. It was real. That thing must have weighed 200 pounds, and the winning team, members of the winning team just started picking pieces off of it. I thought, you know what? Give me a big spoon or a ladle or something, a spatula, and let me go to work on that thing. That was awesome.
2: Uh, Glad to know that you're just as big of a fan of the Pop-Tart mascot as I was. Trevor, we certainly appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the bowl games. And especially enjoy those college football semifinals uh, coming up on Monday, because I think those games are going to be fantastic.
9: Will do. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Jordan.
2: Uh, you Trevor don't get that kind
3: of uh, mascot breakdown anywhere else. No. Guarantee you that, tre- Gabe.
2: Only Trevor Maddich can bring you that kind of insights into the Pop-Tart Bowl mascot, which was eaten by the winning team last night. Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Analyst, joining us here on Carlin versus Joe. Coming up next, we do want to hear from you. 888 say espn 888 888- Seven two nine three seven seven six, and our question of the day: the most disappointing team or athlete in twenty twenty three. Plus, wait until you hear what Jamar Chase had to say about the Chiefs' defense ahead of their matchup. That's next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
1: Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
6: Splash! Shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM. Channel lady, Gabe Nuts, so Jordan Run on filling in for the guys today. Of course, ESPN Radio was presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll get to what Jamar Chase had to say. About uh the Kansas City Chiefs defense in about 15 minutes, but right now we want to take your calls on the Dr Pepper call-in line, triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Who's the most disappointing team or athlete in 2023? We've had some good nominations, had some ones that I did not see coming, but we it want might to know be me, do you Gabe.
3: Every time I get up, I just go grab a donut cookie. I've just given <laughs> up on giving up given on life before the New Year's. <laughs> So what, you just grabbed another donut there during I, the break? I'm just like, hey, you know what, I'm going to start, yeah, I, I told you this before, I'm going to start well, going on a diet, start working out after the New Year. Yeah, I say this to myself every year, just you go crazy right before New Year's, am I the only one who does this? No,
2: absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. I had a piece of cheesecake for breakfast this morning.
3: Whoa. Although...
2: My grandma, I a donut for breakfast. Whoa, whoa, so, so that's the thing. My <laughs> grandmother taught me. My grandma, like, and, and my grandma is a wonderful baker. And anytime we have a Neitzel family get together, she's always making a bunch of desserts for it. And she always says, like, if she has a piece of pie or something for breakfast, like, what's the difference between that and a donut? It's a good really point. No I mean, if
3: you're just going to eat garbage for breakfast, you might as yeah. well just go all ah. out.
2: Yeah right. My so I have one of those, Starbucks you know, those uh, the
3: the the entenmanns donuts, but they're like the, the chocolate ones, so they're like smaller. So I justified it by myself I'm like this is even a full donut. This counts as like half a donut. So <laughs> then I could have two, and so, it only goes one real donut.
2: The problem is if you ate a donut every day for ten years, you, you it very be I mean, it'd be bad for your health. However, yeah. Mikael Bridges, the twenty seven year old forward um, for the Nets. Apparently, he's been eating Chipotle every day for 10 years. He did an interview with GQ Sports, and here's what he had to say while holding a bag of Chipotle.
1: (laughs) Chipotle, I eat this every day, and it's been about how many years since I've been eating Chipotle? Since 2013-14, so about 10 years. Still been on a heavy to this day. I have friends and family that teases me a little bit about it. It's too fire to not have it every single time, so
3: it'll disappoint. Nah, the, I don't believe it.
2: You don't think he's done it every day for 10 years?
3: So you don't think at some point they go on a road, there's not a nearby Chipotle? At some point in 10 years?
2: What, well, my um, Like every
3: single day?
2: Well, but every city he's traveling to. I'm calling uncle, to, man. I'm calling
3: uncle. Calling every uncle.
2: city he's traveling to has a Chipotle. And, I mean, especially in the but era of the NBA. didn't exist up,
3: 10 years ago.
2: Well, but he was a teenager 10 years ago. He had his own car. He could just drive to Chipotle. Same thing when he was in Cal. Like, I, traveling
3: I like on AAU basketball trips. I get it. He eats a lot of Chipotle. Yes, I have res- mad respect for that.
2: Do I think he's probably missed a day here or there? I bet he's missed a day. I don't think he has gone 10 years straight eating Chipotle at least once a day. But he's eaten a bunch of Chipotle. Is there a food item you could honestly eat every day?
3: I could probably eat a piece of pizza every day. I think so. doesn't have to be like, you know... Four slices, but like one slice of pizza every day. I could, I could, I could slip that in. Would you I, have to, I? Wouldn't be obese. I don't think.
2: Yeah. Would you have to? Like mix chipotle, up
3: I'm thinking, isn't bad, toppings? right?
2: Oh, I, I don't think so. Like you mix in like a taco or burrito bowl. Like I think yeah, you could. There the, are enough the fresh ingredients. Yeah. not for right? Yeah. With the chipotle thing, I think you could mix it up enough where yeah, you would not get obese.
3: Just one piece of pizza every day. I think I could I I think I could do that. I, I was trying to think of other things. There's nothing else I would really be okay with, like, eating every single day. Everything else seems like it would get old, tiring. Like, I don't know. If- I
4: think pizza is the way to go. That's where I would go. I could do that for sure.
3: Yeah, just one slice, too. It doesn't have to be like, yeah, if I eat, like, four slices of pizza a day, it's, you know,
2: uh, that would be session. heavy. Right. Because, yeah. I
4: mean, just like Bridges, you can mix it up. You don't have to have the same slice. You can get different slices, different kinds. You can yeah. mix it up. I, I, I,
8: I, I can do a, 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 a potato in some form every day, and I know it's high in sugar or whatever, so it's not going to be the healthiest for me per se, but- Is I it really can, that high in sugar where yeah. it would be a problem? It would be if you eat one every really? day, yeah. Yeah.
2: Really? Yeah. I had no idea that about potatoes with yeah, that. Yeah,
8: potatoes high in sugar and high in starch. So, but yeah, I mean, you can you know, you fry potatoes, you got the French fries, you got baked potato, you got what, home fries, curly fries, browns. hash browns.
2: Yeah, I can do a potato every day. Boiled potatoes- yeah, potato super versatile. Yeah, I think you could do potato. Would I think that you sounds reasonable you could to do. me? Yeah, I think potato's is pretty reasonable. What about something like eggs? You know, fry an egg, egg sandwich, scrambled eggs. Do like you know? I don't think I'd two. want to
3: eat an egg every day.
2: Every day for like no, breakfast I don't think in the morning, so. you can. Yeah, it's that?
3: not. It's not good enough for me to want to eat every day.
2: But I think it's something that'd be easy enough to do, and you wouldn't have to worry about the you know again the obesity thing. You fry up one egg, throw it on a piece of toast, you're
3: good to go. I used to eat a chocolate chip muffin every day. I think I could eat a chocolate chip muffin every day for ten that, years.
2: That seems like it could be an issue. I think that one could catch up to you quickly.
3: Nah, they're small. They're, it's not. It's not. It's not a lot. Just a, well, like one of those mini ones? Chip no, like a normal sized muffin.
2: Like a normal sized muffin. Like that, that can't be good for you every day. That's basically I'm... like a chocolate chip muffin is basically like a cupcake.
8: Fair. Fair. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this counts. Bub and I were just talking. I could probably do cereal every day. Okay.
4: I don't think that should count though, because that's just too easy. Like, yeah,
3: that- but then, yeah, because then if you're talking like different cereals is almost like different food. You know what I mean?
8: I could do the same cereal every day. How about that?
4: Well, that's For 10 I, years? I wouldn't be able to Watch do that. What's the cereal?
3: What's the cereal? Too much. Too much of one cereal. Yeah,
4: I don't even think I would. Really, I mean, I-, I could do it if I had to, but I. I love cereal, but I don't think I'd want the same one every day for exactly. 10
3: years. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I don't do think Shannon can either. I
8: could do a honey nut Cheerio, maybe a brand flakes.
4: Yeah. They For healthy. Every day
8: for 10 years. Keep me regulated. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Especially all those
2: potatoes. <laughs> like when you start th- thinking about doing something every day for like a year, that becomes daunting. When you add the 10 years, that just it takes sounds, it to a whole yeah. new level. It's outrageous.
3: I wouldn't really want to do anything for 10 years. Yeah. I
4: mean, you do it for one year, and then you're like, all right, nine more to go.
2: Yeah.
3: Like what about those people that did, you you did those, the documentaries where they ate like McDonald's every day for like a year or so? Right. Yeah. That well, sounds well, crazy. You know, so part of that was yeah, supersized me. The there's the guy. Awful. I think
2: he's in my state. I think he's in Wisconsin who eats a Big Mac every day. Has literally eaten a Big Mac. Like goes to the same McDonald's. I've heard pizza, about and they're that. They're always yeah. like, yeah. I'm more segment. healthy than I've ever been. I'm doing great.
3: <laughs> Th- that seems just awful, though. I mean, and I, trust me, I like Big Mac. I like a Big Mac, but like a Big Mac every day, man. That seems like a lot.
2: I couldn't tell you the last time I had a big Mac and they're fantastic but because most of the time I'm eating McDonald's I'm in my car and I don't want a big Mac man the, the thing's too messy it's going to go everywhere yeah I mean it's tough
3: special sauce cheese
2: yeah it's it's a lot it's onions good though. tomatoes it's good but I think Mikhail Bridges. I think the Chipotle. The Chipotle seems to be a pretty. That's easy a good choice. Enough. Though. Yeah, there's enough things to mix it up. Even if you're just doing like a burrito bowl. Oh, one day you do chicken. One day you do steak. You get you can mix it up enough. You just where, think
3: that there's a Chipotle in every single NBA city. Yeah. Like, accessible.
2: I guess maybe maybe every this is the single wrong, one. Maybe this is the wrong way to look at it. But I'm in Milwaukee, which is one of the smallest markets in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We've got plenty of chipotles, man. We got a couple litter all over the place. So if we've got a couple different options for your chipotle needs, my guess is that the larger cities also do.
3: I'm just thinking maybe like Portland. I'm just picking a random city. You know, maybe Portland. Yeah, you I, didn't have you Chipotle Portland like Portland t- eight chipotle? years ago. I'm just saying, like eight years ago, maybe Chipotle didn't it was there it wasn't everywhere in Portland. You know, maybe chipotle, there's not there's chipotle's not like ten options. Of- it's got to be like accessible. He's not going to go drive forty five minutes. He's a professional basketball player. He's got things well, to do. What
4: was he doing? How long has he been in the NBA? I mean, he's 27? Probably like year six or something. Yeah, so, what yeah. Was he, and so 10 years ago he was in college, right? At what, Villanova? Yeah,
3: yeah, so even worse, they're traveling to like little like college towns. There's no way he's picking up uh, Chipotle yeah, so in every college town. Now that
4: we really dive into it.
2: <laughs> well, and obviously we went through a pandemic in the last 10 years. My guess is Chipotle was closed down there for at least a little bit.
3: True. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, so this yes. whole
3: thing is a farce. It's a great story, anyway, <laughs> though. This, is... <laughs> this whole
2: thing is a farce. Yes. The, well, the reason I why still we like did the this story. is so we can, yeah, so we can call him a liar and, and hold his feet to the fire.
3: No, but, I actually yeah. give him credit that Chipotle is a good choice, though. It's, it's fairly, it's not like super unhealthy, where like if you eat Chipotle, it's going to be like ne- negative to your health.
2: Yeah, like, I think you could, I mean, you certainly could order enough things on your Chipotle to get it out of control. But again, as an NBA athlete, like, again, the rice, the meats, like, there's there are some good things there. Again, at
3: Chipotle, it's supposed to be good. Guacamole's good for you. Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, not good for you, but the chips there, oh. the homemade chips. So, so let me good. just tell you, I love Chipotle, but the one near my house runs out of everything. Like, I, I swear, there's only chips there left at, like, 8 o'clock, like, 50% of the time. And like That's I've g- I've been there. They're like, sorry, we don't have guacamole. I'm like, oh. I, how could I go to Chipotle and it would not be guacamole?
2: That's tough. That's a tough look. Yeah. You can join the conversation. Dr Pepper calling in line. Triple Eight Say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Who was the most in- disappointing team or athletes? of 2023 that is our question of the day you can answer it by giving us a call at 888-729-3776 also coming up next here on ESPN radio we're going to let you know what Jamar Chase had to say about the Chiefs defense ahead of their matchup this weekend it is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio
1: this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio